Get ready, it's time for Motorsports Madness, powered by the staff at Race Chaser Online. Your motorsports, your way, every day. And now, here's your host, Jacob Seelman. Good evening, race fans, and welcome to another two hours of motorsports conversation here on the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. And we are glad to be with you this edition of Motorsports Madness. Uh, I guess one of those that uh, you, you kind of look at the calendar and and nod your head for a minute. We start off tonight recognizing that tonight is Monday, September 11th, and 16 years on from the anniversary of the tragic terror attacks in New York City. I think it only appropriate to start tonight's show in remembrance of all those that we lost that day. Tom Baker, Rents Brown, Cisco Scaramuza here at the round table. Again, my name is Jacob C. I'm the managing editor at racechaseronline.com. And Tom, I think the appropriate question here is the same one that I asked in the column that I wrote for Race Chaser Online that actually just went live as we were coming on the air. And it's one that we've asked a couple of times on the anniversary of this day. Where were you? Oh, boy. Um, it's one of those questions where well, you, you don't forget. You don't forget. And it's if I told the whole story, we'd take up the entire segment. But let's. Let's just try to bullet point it by saying I was production director at um, a, a two radio stations in Newark, New York, which, for those <laughs> aren't not familiar, is in western New York. And not near Newark, not New Jersey. Not near Newark, New Jersey or New York City. It's about 300 miles northwest. And two times during the day we got calls from media from outside of the U.S. wanting somebody from our station to sort of be the expert analyst, if you will, and give them information on what's going on. And of course, um, <laughs> we were nowhere close to it. So uh, we were actually running back then. I think it was CNN Live on our AM all day. Um, you know, just a, a really that those were a couple of kind of level. One of them was from Australia. So those were a couple of leavening moments in that day that just kind of made us chuckle a little bit. And I had a contact at I think it was 580 or 550 a.m. down um, near the city. So I just referred them down there. But just uh, I mean, when when everything first happened, I was I was in the shower when the first uh plane hit and I I love telling the story of my mother knocking on the door and telling me that a plane landed on top of the tower in New York City so I'm thinking oh haha you know somebody some idiot landed a prop plane on the roof you know um that obviously wasn't quite the way it worked but um you know I saw the second one on TV and it just uh Gosh, you know, just a very dark day for our nation. There wasn't a single American that in some way or other was not affected by what happened six years ago. 16 on years this, ago. 16 years ago, I'm sorry, on this day. Um, just a uh, really probably the scariest day of my life in terms of, you know, the whole nationality kind of thing you I grew up in the era of fire drills and you know bomb shelters and you know all of that air raid drills all those you know because of the whole Russian thing which was I think more smoke than fire really but um 
you know, that day, September 11th, I think scared us all and made us realize how vulnerable we we were. And to a degree, I think we still are, honestly. Well, you mentioned it really changed the course and the scope of a lot of things. And we can talk about how, it, you know, the response from the motorsports community in a moment. But I'll pose the same question to you and Cisco, Rents. Where were you? Oh, boy. Well, I was getting ready for that would have been first grade at the time. And we were Santa Barbara, California, good times. And uh, woke up, and we normally turned on ABC and watched uh, Good Morning America. That normally, I think that's NBC, but we watch Good Morning America every morning. And uh, just when we turn it on, because we're on, you know, the left coast time, the it had already been hit. The, the towers were already on fire. And I remember telling my mom, who was making breakfast at the time, I said, "Oh, there's a fire in New York." didn't really know too much about it because obviously you're too young to really think about it, things like that. And uh, at that moment, my mom went, oh, my God, because my aunt worked in the uh, financial district in New York City, not in the towers, but in that district. And she luckily was uh, away on a business trip. And so we were trying to get a hold of them all day. And as Tom, as you know, all the phone lines going into the city were down oh, yeah. the entire day. Yep. Uh, only for emergency responses where it was it actually up. And so we're trying to get a hold of everyone throughout the day. I went to school and there was a lot, especially for the, for the kids that growing up in this time, do you bring them to school? Do you not bring them to school? Is there more that we don't know? And I lived next to an airport or about five miles from the airport. So the, the eeriness was really when the plane stopped flying over because you're used to the sound of the jets flying over and, um, I didn't know this until later on in my life that my aunt was supposed to be on the plane that hit the first tower and around uh, nine, about okay. eight o'clock in the morning and she was running late to, to the airport. So luckily for that. But the thing that I always remember is the fact that that was kind of the day that the innocence really kind of the, the after the after the Cold War innocence that we had, you know, uh, it kind of went away again. And yeah. reality kind of set in that we're not this country that can't be touched. And I think that kind of loomed in. And from this day, terrorism, terrorism wasn't a word that stuck. I think, Jacob, you're, you know, you're close to my age. Cisco, you're close to my age. We didn't really know the word terrorism until that tragic day. And it, it, I think America is still reeling from it. Um, it's, it's eerie because an airplane just flew over my house. So... Um, you know, as a community, I think the biggest thing that America needed was sport and to have the NFL, the MLB, NASCAR all go back and start doing what they did just to give the people just something yeah. to keep their minds off of. And I remember that that was the year that the Yankees went to the World Series, Cisco. And I know that brought a lot of people together and sport has a way of kind of bringing everything together uh where were you on that tragic and fateful day well i was i was in kindergarten that day class had already started i was uh suburb of chicago so we were just getting ready we had just watched the like morning news show that we had in elementary and the t the uh my teacher at the time changed the channel and by then i think the second plane had hit so we didn't actually see the second one but I remember not 
really understanding what was going on. Like you mentioned, it's very hard, you know, at that age, it's kind of hard to comprehend. And all I knew is that something was wrong because the entire attitude of the entire building of Forest View Elementary was just different. Everyone was just kind of confused. And I never really acknowledged it until I talked to him more about it, but my dad was not home that day. He was actually out traveling. He was, I believe, in Houston and was trying to get back home and wasn't able to because they grounded absolutely everything when yeah. that happened. Yeah. So he had a couple extra days that he was stuck in Houston. He was able to make it home. Everything was okay on our family side because we don't really have anyone on the East Coast, but... I remember sitting there not understanding, but that was the first time in my life where from a sense of not even, you know, you didn't even have to read to like be able to read the television or understand the newscasters to know something was wrong because there was just there was an attitude that was different and something was just you could tell by the atmosphere in the US that week that something was wrong and you know as rents mentioned tom you know sports came back everything it wasn't fixed but it was better and i remember you know i recently watched the documentary nbc did on the nascar season from 2001 and i believe it was dale jr who won the race at dover the yep. week the week after and drove around with this giant american flag sticking out of his car and you know if there's not many symbols to kind of help that, you know, there you go. Yeah, I, you know, and I was thinking as you guys were talking, I remember a year later, I was, I had moved to Pennsylvania and I was living in this little tiny town and I was at a friend's house and we were watching and we were in their shop and we were watching, uh, I don't know, it was 60 Minutes or one of those type of shows and they were sort of detailing the reaction and kind of how the president and the whole cabinet and everything in the war room and kind of how you go through the steps that, and I remember walking outside and this is one of those little towns where, you know, we had a stoplight, a bank and a convenience store. That was about it in a diner. And it was just dead quiet. And I remember just standing there and, and I think realizing at that moment that, you know, one year ago, we got attacked by another country and here it is a year later and I'm just sitting there, Jacob, just standing there. And it's just, it's, it's eerily quiet and I'm listening. I could still hear the TV and hear what was going on. And you just realize the gravity of the situation. And this is why, you know, we can be politically divided, however, whatever. But at the end of the day, I don't think anyone understands when you're a president or you're a, you know, a member of the cabinet or whatever, you're literally holding an entire country in the palm of your hand. And on that day, no matter what you think about George W. Bush, on that day and in that time, he was a leader, a comforter, and an encourager of our nation. And he took the steps that needed to be taken immediately to start to address the situation, Jacob, and start toward healing. And I agree with what Ren Francisco mm -hmm. said, too. When it started to become about sports again, sports yeah. has a way of bringing people together, yeah. as they've said. 
the Yankees did that with the FDNY and, and the same with NASCAR. Yeah, exactly right. And th the best way I can think of to describe it, and for me it was a little different because I did have a sense of what was going on. We actually at that time yeah, had family too. that worked in New York City and were there oh, wow. when everything went down the way it did so for me it you know in our house it that was the day that everything stopped yeah and luckily we didn't lose anybody that day but others obviously were not as lucky yeah. and it, everything stopped if only for a moment and if only for a time but like you said sport had a way of bringing everybody together Dale Earnhardt Jr. twice in 2001, once at Daytona and once after 9-11, brought everybody together. Those were the healing moments, of course, uh, you know, moving forward. It, it wasn't all in that day, Tom, but obviously we got better. We got through it together, yeah. and it's like I said in my column, that was a time when we were reminded how important it is to be one nation and how important it is to stand together. And I feel like this is one of those days that even now, you know, 16 years later, it's a quality that we still carry with us from that. That was one of the moments that reminded us who we are, not, as, not only as a country, but as people. And maybe I can help you wrap this up by tying it together with how, how eerily appropriate that we talk about coming together on a day when you've had one of the worst yes. natural weather disasters, disasters in the yeah. history of the nation and coming off Hurricane Harvey when we are so focused on helping each other and coming together to pray and, and to be there for each other. So, you know, I only wish that we could all remember to do that the other 364 days of a year, exactly. you know. Exactly right, and our thoughts and prayers remain with all those affected by the two recent hurricanes in Texas, Florida, Georgia. Uh, Mitch Walker, who normally comes on after our show, I know their community has been affected, so our thoughts and prayers certainly down there with him and uh, the rest of our PMN family. So it's as the hashtag goes around and says, never forget and on this day we ne we don't forget we remember not only the lives that were lost but the families that were and continue to be affected by it we remember all of you on this day and we're going to step aside but we'll come back and when we do come back we're going to talk what we normally talk about on this show and that is sport and that is racing you're listening to motorsports madness right here on pmn the performance motorsports network you own a performance car and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your street car on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444, Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. 
car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Here's an important message from Rad and this station. Hi, this is Bob Sheehan from Blues Traveler for Rad, recording artists against drunk driving. I like to party just as much as the next guy, maybe even more. But the one thing I won't do after I've had a few is get in the car and drive. Don't blow it. Always choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives and so should you. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. Hi, this is Austin Terrio, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. Well, welcome back to the madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. I suppose that's appropriate. Have Austin Terrio bring us back from break. He won a race over the weekend. He did. Not that we talk a ton of ARCA racing series on this show, but hey, anytime Ken Schrader Racing wins something, it's news. Yes. Just saying. Absolutely. And... Austin did it like Austin tends to do. He hung around and lurked, and boom, five laps to go. There he is. Yeah, he's a he's a good distance racer, and he's proven himself to be a pretty good mutter too. <laughs> <laughs> over the last couple of weeks, second and first on the dirt tracks. But yeah, he's he's a good distance racer. Austin is a he's what you would call a thinking man's racer. He's he's very much a professor. I think the way he drive he doesn't overdrive. The, the car he doesn't um put himself in a lot of silly positions he just right. he's you know he's a very good uh very good finisher and three straight arca wins on three very yeah. different tracks a road course a dirt track and the short track at salem where he beat saint smith saturday night in a throwback car to jack bowsher of, yeah, all, of people. all people i love it yeah uh, you know there again i mean he, he's he's very versatile and very uh adaptable yes i mean i don't i would hope that uh, somebody's got him on the short list to pick him up for next season because he needs to be in a i think he needs to be in either a full-time truck or even an xfinity car yes please yes please we'll talk more about austin terrio's arca win at salem on the stock car show coming up later in the week here on the performance motorsports network right now though we are going to talk the monster energy nascar cup series at richmond and i'll be the one to say it I don't care. It's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. 
the absolute clown show that was Saturday night. I'm sorry, but I have got two black flags, and I am waving them both at NASCAR because that was just pitiful Saturday night between an ambulance and a late race caution. Just too many questions and not enough answers. I'm sorry. It was just – I'm glad Steve O'Donnell copped to it being a, quote, rough night, end quote, in the tower. I would argue it was a little bit more than rough, son. Well – said they were going to do their due diligence and uh, make sure it yeah. doesn't happen again. I would certainly hope so, because I agree with you. Uh, you know, they called cautions that really didn't have to be cautions. Okay, hold on a second. For the first time in NASCAR history that I know of, Tony Stewart was the caution flag, and not because he wrecked. Literally, the description of one of the cautions on the cumulative report was smoke. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Break smoke. Uh, no, it, they, it didn't even say break smoke. It just said uh, smoke. I know. It's, you know, that's what you call a precautionary yellow. When they've had those at Oswego Speedway over the years, they called them precautionary yellows. It's The translation of that is, oops, we pulled it too quickly. Uh, yeah. But we wanted to be safe, you know. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, the last, uh, the last one was obviously regrettable as well because Cope really didn't have any damage. I mean, he got in the wall, yes, but not very hard. And he was like 20-some-odd laps down, so mm-hmm. you kind of wonder, you know, why he's even still out there running around. But Martin Truex wondered. Yeah, Truex wondered. And, I mean, I get it. You know, I get where he's going. But at the same time, um, I also think that for Martin, I mean, look, I know he wanted to win the race, but come on. You're the regular season champion. You've got 868,226 playoff <laughs> points. Um, you know, you're, you're easily the favorite for the championship. Try to be a little happier. I mean, you're going to have races slip away, rents. I know, I understand, I get it, but come on. You know, chill. And, and by the way, <laughs> my third black flag would be for Denny Hamlin because I have no idea what he was doing, Renz. Uh, I need to give my black flag specifically to the ambulance driver. I mean, that probably was Derek well, Cope inside of that, that ambulance for all I know. I mean, it's going <laughs> as fast as he normally does on track. I thought it was so. Juan Pablo, actually. Um, well, I mean, that ambulance goes as fast as Derek Cope normally goes on track. But, you know, um, it was I, – I just don't know. NASCAR's narrative to that ambulance driver was to not – stop where he did to keep going and they uh, told him to stop on the back stretch yeah yeah and, and he just kind of kept maybe he was running low on fuel maybe he needed a little push into the pits but that <laughs> i mean if matt kenseth was if clint boyer was any closer to that bubble spot than he was and kenseth was knocked out of that race there would have been so much hell to pay because that was absolutely the dumbest move ever that put race car drivers at risk or the ambulance drivers at risk it it, it created a uh, it was an issue that didn't need to happen. And I, I don't pin that on NASCAR as much as I pin that on the idiot that was behind the wheel. Pretty sure he probably lost his job for that one. And I don't think that he deserves an ambulance job if you're going to do that. Um, and on top of it, the last caution, I mean, l- let me just be frank here. Richmond is not a track in the last couple of years that I've watched that race, aside from the Edwards v. Bush uh, last year. 
that race has not really produced great racing. Right. That, 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 that race hasn't done much. And I think for NASCAR, when they saw Cope go in the wall, they saw a chance to give the fans at least something towards the payoff to pay off at the end. I'm not saying that they threw that caution to fix it. I think there was in the back of the mind, maybe we can make these fans sit through the worthwhile 400 boring laps and give them, you know, 400 boring miles and give them one tiny bit, Jacob, of something. But then it just turned into a farce. It turned into a farce. And now we go into the playoffs where are they going to do that again? Is that something that NASCAR is going to do again? Because, you know, it's kind of par for the course with them when it comes down to the nitty gritty of these big climactic races where something happens and Cisco, it just turns into this kerfluffle. <laughs> and it, but but it's a kerfuffle that the doesn't need, it, it doesn't need to happen. That race needed to play out naturally. For Kyle Larson, that's great. He tied Martin Trex Jr. on wins. That's great. That's what Kyle needed to keep with Martin Trex Jr. And I understand Martin's frustration because a race car driver at the end of the day just wants to win a race. But at some point, NASCAR needs to let these guys naturally play it out. I mean, think about Homestead last year. Think about you know the race we had last year and this year. It, it's getting old, and I don't want to call NASCAR out and say it's completely either you know WWEing it, but it, it Jake it. It has to. It has to at some point stop. Well, I thought it had stopped, and then Saturday night happened. I will make two very small points here, Cisco. Number one, Dale Earnhardt Jr. brought it up on Twitter. A certain questionable caution at Homestead last November cost a certain driver a championship because of a late race restart. Said driver then announced his retirement a couple months later. That's my first thought in response to all this. The second thought in response to all this, for all of you people that think those five bonus points that Truex could have had don't matter, what are you going to say if somehow, I'm not saying it's likely, but somehow if Truex misses advancing in a round by five points or less, what do you say then, Cisco? Oh, I I wouldn't know where to start on that point because, you know, you could go, you could say, oh, it's NASCAR, you could say, oh, it's Hamlin, but either way, the finish to that race Saturday night is, I mean, we, we, we've had two cu cucumber wins this season. Well, I say we have a third <laughs> one, and this one's being encumbered for NASCAR. Yes. I would... Agree with that. The only point, a small point I want to make about that, Jacob, is, you know, mistakes happen. You call cautions too quick or whatever. That, th those wouldn't bother me so much if it weren't for the ambulance situation. That was completely bad, and it ruined any shot Clint Boyer had, Jacob. Oh, absolutely it did, and we will talk a little bit more about the cup side after this and oh by the way we still haven't even mentioned the fact that, that other you know other than Martin Truex losing the race that hey Kyle Larson did actually win it so we'll talk about that when we come back you're listening to the madness here on the performance motorsports network the voice of motorsports 
Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World Truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schroep Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio sent you. What an awesome game. What's up with your car? I don't know. It won't start. How are we getting home? Chill. My parents signed me up for the roadside assistance from Lewis Meineke. It was free with my oil change. They'd come and get the car started or get us home and tow the car to the shop. Good to know. With my driving, my parents never know what to expect. When you join the Meineke Car Care Club with a $35 preferred service, you get four free months of roadside assistance, including tire change, battery jump, lockout service, towing, and more. Contact Lewis Meineke, located on Route 1, or call 827-2054. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, is a lung disease that robs people of their ability to breathe. As many as 24 million Americans suffer from COPD, also known as chronic bronchitis or emphysema, and half of them don't know they have the disease. If you or someone you love is over 35 and has smoked more than 100 cigarettes in their lifetime, visit driveforcopd.org and take the screener, then take that to your doctor. I'm Jeff Stoltz, and I drive for COPD. I'm Dalton Sargent, and you're listening to Race Talk on Performance Motorsports Network. All right, welcome back to PMN. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Rents Brown, Cisco Scaramuza with you on a Monday night talking racing. And we're still talking Richmond. And we really haven't mentioned the fact, besides that he passed Martin Truex on the final restart after the late caution came out, that Kyle Larson got not only his fourth win of the season, 
on Saturday night, Tom. But it was his first win on anything not two miles in length. <laughs> Michigan, Fontana, Michigan. Michigan. I knew I missed one in there. So his fifth total win, fourth of the season, and first on a non-two-mile track. First on a short track, really. I mean, for, for a guy who grew up on short tracks, that was where I kind of went, wow. Well, I think this win was probably a bit more significant for him because of the timing. Oh, sure. It Absolutely. comes on the last race of the regular season and reestablishes a little bit of momentum for a team that started the season with a ton and then sort of fell off in the middle just making crazy mistakes, not being able to get out of attack in time to qualify and all yeah. the, the, the nonsense that went on in the late spring, early summer. And now Kyle Larson comes out, and on the final race of the regular season, as you said, at a type of track he has not won on this year, right. goes and puts it victory lane, and I think he's going to take that momentum straight into Chicagoland sure he is. and feel like, okay, I'm as good to win this championship as anybody is. Don't forget about me. And as far as I'm concerned, it's a shot across the bow of the 78 team because that's two races in a row to end the regular season where Martin Truex probably should have won and didn't. Kyle Larson reestablishes that, hey, Martin Truex is not the only guy in this fight, Rents, and I'll just I'll say it like that. If Truex had won that race, then at this point, if I'm the rest of the playoff field, I'm going into Chicago going, oh, great, we're racing for second again. But at this point, no. This is one of those, ha, you're beatable sort of moments that I think a lot of people need to take advantage of. Well, the two biggest takeaways that I look at from Richmond is the fact that, first of all, Kyle Larson is finally starting to get that speed back again. After that Michigan win, he kind of tailed off a little bit. Maybe they were trying a few different things for the playoffs. Who knows? But to get that win gives him a little bit of momentum going into Chicagoland. And if you remember correctly, in his rookie year, Kyle Larson almost won the dang thing, battling Jeff Gordon and battling Brad Keselowski for that win. I also look at it from a standpoint, too, here, Tom, of the fact that Kyle Busch said it best. The three best cars all year long were the 78, the 42, and the 18. All three of those cars are guys I think that can make it to the final four. Sprinkling a Jimmy Johnson or a Kevin Harvick for the fourth position, who knows, it's up for grabs, but those guys have been the guys that have been really the muscle of the field. Now, anything's possible between here and Homestead, Tom, but... I do side with Kyle on that point because it is, in fact, factual. In fact, it is factual. <laughs> he's factual. he's right. And, and interestingly enough, you've got two Toyotas and a Chevy in there. But let's not get too carried away here. Martin Truex didn't get beat by Kyle Larson. Martin Truex got beat by Derek Cope and Denny Hamlin. That's who Martin Truex well, got beat by. I now, mean, to be fair, Kyle Larson did have the restart of his life and took yeah, the Yeah, and he there. was way far gone. There was right. no way Truex was going to catch him before right. Denny turned but him. Let's, but let's not kid ourselves here. This Almost this entire season has been Martin Truex and everybody else. Now, Kyle Busch is right in that from a speed standpoint, those three cars, the 78, the 42, and the 18, have been the fastest cars, but... Cisco 
the only team that hasn't stepped on itself multiple times has been the 78 car. And that's how you win championships is by making no mistakes. The 42 and the 18 have got to prove they can go 10 races in a row without a mental mistake. And if they do that, then we know they can compete on speed, Cisco. Yeah. But you're not going to do it by making mistakes when Truex ain't. And that team right now is the hottest, most consistent team in a long time in NASCAR. And I know Jacob wants to get in here, so I'll make it quick. But I, re I think back to Indianapolis when we were having this very discussion for the most part of, wow, the 78 so strong, the 18 so strong, TRD is going to, you know, they're going to beat everyone in Indianapolis. And what happened? They ended up in the turn one wall. They cleaned so, each other out. That's yeah. what happened. Jacob, I we've seen what happens. They're not perfect. You have to be perfect in the playoffs. Now, they Martin Truex <laughs> basically has a bye for the most part going yeah, into the second round. Yeah, because I'm not sure Truex needs to be perfect in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah exactly. The playoff can, points can, to... They can... They can uh, spend the extra money to develop the extra car if yeah. you're going by NASCAR Thunder 2003 logic for those first three races. So he could basically leave it on cruise control. My question is, does that burn them later down the road, Jacob? Because this is something that I've seen happen to the 48 team before where they sit there and they, oh, we'll wait until the playoffs. Oh, we'll wait until the playoffs. Keep in mind, Jimmy shouldn't have won the championship last year. I'll but he did. I'll fully say that. He did because Joey Logano went to the inside and blah, 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 blah. Okay, Renz, go ahead. Well, this is what really happens here. And the fact that if you look at the 48, and I told Jacob this, and Jake, I'll throw it to you here. The guys that are able to not show their hand until those last 10 weeks and save their equipment are the guys that I fear the most. Because they're the guys that lay in the weeds and wait until the opportunity strikes. Truex is quick. Truex is the guy that won Chicago last year, Jake, and looked to be a you know, a favorite for the title and fell apart. With this new format, will it happen? Who knows? But that 48, though, I wouldn't count him out. I think he's a guy that everyone sleeps on until we get to the playoffs, and then they just wake up. Mm-hmm. Now... I'm going to dis dispute one of the theories real quick. It doesn't take 10 perfect races necessarily. In truthful matter, all it takes to get to Homestead is one win in each round. You do that, it doesn't matter what else you do. You're in at Homestead, period. Well, I agree with that, but you still... If you're going to count on winning one race in each round, you're, I'm afraid you're going to be a little short-sighted well, because it ain't easy to win these things anymore. Let's all be honest. Jimmy Johnson basically did that last year, and it won him a championship. I don't think he was intending to do that, but it did work out that way. You want to be, you want to be really frank here? That 78 team could easily apply that philosophy and make it work because right now they're better than everybody else. Just saying. Well, he's probably going to win one race in each round, but he's also got all those playoff points to help him. Yeah. If he now let's let's stop and think here because there is a potential scenario. He's got to be careful, especially in that third round. I think all those playoff points that he's accumulated will get him all the way into the round of eight. But he's got to be careful because if we you have three different winners that are playoff eligible in that round of eight. 
then there's only one spot on points. And yes, it would be likely that Truex is that guy, but that's not a guarantee, especially if you have a couple of really bad races. Well, and to that point, this is a whole different ball game now. Yes. You're going playoff racing. The stage gets bigger. It gets more intense. You start worrying about things that you don't normally worry about during mm -hmm. the season. You know, this is the time when we find out who's going to step up and elevate their game. And you look at guys like Jimmy Johnson. Now, I don't see anything in that 48 team right now that tells me that they are likely to get to the third round, let alone get to uh, the championship, except for one thing, Jacob. What? I said the same thing last year. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, when it comes to the 10-race playoff, yeah. you never count out Jimmy Johnson and Chad Knauss, and that's because they're a championship team. They've done it before, so is Harvick. Yep. You know, these guys that are seasoned that have done it, it's the teams that haven't done it yep. or that have been up and down all year. You look and you start to ask yourself, are they going to be on their A game for – you know, the next 10 races and be able to win one or at least stay up in points. It's hard to get through these 10 races, Jacob. Yes, so you is. still got to look at the guys who've done it before. Doesn't matter what they've done up to now. It's a new game. Yes, it is. Now, in the about two minutes we have left before we're going to break, I, this is really all that it takes to describe the Xfinity race. Kyle Busch led on short run speed. But because we really didn't have cautions in that race outside of the stage breaks, yeah. and, well, Bobby Dale Earnhardt blowing a tire, Brad Keselowski, who was good on the long runs, beat him. And thank God it was both of their final Xfinity races of the year. Yeah, I, uh, you know, Keselowski is a sleeper in this uh, cup deal to me, too. But I was talking about I an know, Xfinity race. I know, race. but I'm going to make the, again, <laughs> you know, this is, Brad Keselowski is a driver that a lot of people sleep on too much. You know, when we pick these Xfinity races with all these cup drivers in and Kyle Busch is in it, we all pick Kyle. And you know, we forget Brad. that Brad exists. And, you know, Brad, to me, is, it, I mean, he is a championship caliber racer. Not surprising that Keselowski would have won that race, Jacob. And there, there's not a lot to say about the race itself because it wasn't all that it great. It was horrible. But, you know, it, but Brad getting to victory lane certainly, again, even though it's Xfinity, Still builds momentum on the cup side. Yeah, it does. Oh, by the way, that moment when NBCSN forgot Brad existed in the 22 yeah. car and called <laughs> him Joey Logano. Logano. Well, they or made or a lot of mistakes on Saturday. Everyone, or Bobby Earnhardt belongs to every Earnhardt as a son. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah Bobby was, uh, who they got? Jeffrey Earnhardt's son. Yeah, that, yeah. Bobby's good, good job, right? Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both Carrie's sons, by the way, for those of you <laughs> in the audience. Oh, boy. All right. With, with, with that, we'll stop laughing at our friends at NBC because we do like them, and we hope sometimes that they yes, like us. Yes, but we can because we care. <laughs> yes, we do care. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, open wheel because, hey, there's a championship battle in wine country this weekend. There is? Uh, there is. Just a wow. little bit. There's like eight guys that yeah, can potentially win it. it. That's what makes this so, so awesome. So we'll tell you all about that on the other side of this. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. Okay, so Sarah, I'm dropping you off at Emily's. Yep. And Josh, you're going to? Soccer, Dad. 
Soccer practice. Right. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to let you know when I pick you both up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, and my dorky dad hat, and I'm going to do my dad dance for all your friends. They'll love it! Seriously? Why? Because I like my short shorts. Of course, I could be talked out of it if you guys would just buckle up your seatbelts without giving me a hard time. It's important to get your kids to buckle up for safety, no matter what it takes. And sometimes, all it takes is your parental powers of persuasion. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Good choice. I'll just have to do my dad dance at dinner time. What, what? No! Do what you have to to make sure your kids are wearing their seatbelts, even on short drives. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. This is a test to find out if you know it all when it comes to children. Name one of the leading killers of U.S. children age 1 to 13. What's the best way to protect children in a car crash? At what age and size should a child start using a booster seat? Don't assume you know it all when it comes to car seats for your child. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat and know for sure. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Let's throw the green for Open Wheel Central on Motorsports Madness. Now back to the roundtable and Jacob Seelman. Welcome back to Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Network. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Rents Brown with you as we talk racing and specifically of the open wheel variety in this segment because wine country plus Indy cars equals championship. That's the equation for this weekend. The end of the road comes at Sonoma Raceway and Tom, seven different drivers have a shot to win this Verizon IndyCar Series championship. And even better than that, three of them can do it simply by winning the race. Yes. And even better than that, one of them is Elio Castroneves. I know, right? And, you know, everybody's talking about Scott Dixon. Everybody's talking about Joseph Newgarden. Everybody's talking about everybody but, but Elio Castroneves. And here's the thing. Elio is fighting for the opportunity to come back to come back and race again next yep. year. He does not want to retire. He does not want to be out of the IndyCar full-time next year. He wants to change Roger Penske's mind, and the only way he believes that he has a good chance of doing that is to go and prove that he can still win the championship. And honestly, in my book, 
I think of all of these guys, he's the sleeper because he's the guy that amongst all of the, the seven has just been there and been there and been there and been there been all just season close long, enough. Just close enough. And and in a one race shootout, I like Elio Castroneves' chances here. I'm not saying he's gonna win the race, but I do like his chances. And you know what, Cisco? I think this is a guy that the fans would, if you ask the fans out of the seven, who do you most want to see win? Elio yes. Castroneves, I believe, would be the fans' choice. I'll buy that. I'll buy that. We'll throw the money ball stats at you because why not? Elio's raced at Sonoma 12 times in his career. He has one win there back in 08. He's got five top fives, eight top tens, and one pull. So, while not a dominating performance there, he's not Scott Dixon, who has three wins there. It's still, he's won there before, and he's done well in the past. So, I, I'm not opposed to getting on board the Elio train, but Jacob, Scott Dixon at Sonoma, I mean, talk about a guy in a role, right? Maybe. I mean, the, his stats at Sonoma certainly aren't quite as impressive as his stats at, say, Mid-Ohio or Watkins Glen. But, you know, it's possible. He's got three wins. Okay, this is true. But, like Tom said, everybody's talking about everybody else but Elio. Yep. And I think that plays to Elio's advantage. There's no pressure. It's just go out and attack. Attack, attack, attack. Now, yeah, he really, you're right. He has nothing to lose this time because he's on the verge of being done except yep. for maybe the 500. So, this is all or nothing, basically, for him. Sure, Which exactly. is a different position than he's been in any other time. Right. Now, when you're looking at this, you have to be within 104 points to have a shot at this championship. And there are seven drivers who are within that threshold to be able to fight for this and who are mathematically eligible. Some of them maybe not as realistic as others. Yeah, start with the bottom three. Yes, I'll go from the bottom up. Seven, six, and five in points. Graham Rahal sits seventh in points. Not He's happening. 94 nope. back. He needs a miracle, that which won't happen. Not happening. I love Graham, but the only way that Me would too. happen is if the other six fell off yes, the map. Yes, exactly. Not Alex Rossi kept himself alive by winning at Watkins Glen, but he is basically equally as unlikely. He's 84 points back. Yeah. Now, on the other hand, though, a top five points finish, which is something that he's not had, that is... I think is very realistic. Oh, I agree. All he has to do is overhaul willpower on Sunday, and that, I think, actually is feasible given the way Alex has been running lately. I like his chances of breaking into the top five. Championship, though, no way. Willpower, though, the guy he's chasing, is the man who is fifth in points. He is 68 points back. Now, given willpower's prowess on road courses, he could go and get maximum 104 points and mathematically keep himself alive. But that, Tom, would take almost a Herculean effort. It would take everybody ahead of him, or at the very least, everybody ahead of him minus Simon Pagano having an abysmal yeah, day. like which, crashing on lap three. Yeah. It's not unheard of, but... Not likely at Sonoma. Yeah, let, let's all remember how Scott Dixon won the title in 2015 when Juan Pablo Montoya and Will Power, who were the two ahead of Dixon in the championship, crashed each other. Yeah, but he needs like 
Four to crash. <laughs> so. All right. Fourth in the championship, 34 points back. This is quite realistic since the difference between first and fifth is 40 points. Yep. Basically, if you win the race and Joseph Newgarden finishes outside the top five, that would be a scenario where Simon Pagano pretty easily could win the championship. Yep. You know, all that takes is one mistake or, you know, even a car not handling as well as it needs to. Pagano, one of the four that's very much alive in this. As is, we mentioned a minute ago, Elio Castroneves, 22 points back. He controls his own destiny if he wins the race and leads the most laps. That's what it comes down to. At that point, he would have, I, I think it would be a 24 point, or 23 point, sorry, yes, difference between he and Joseph Newgarden, who if Newgarden finished second, that would give Elio the title by one point. And then there's Dixon versus Newgarden, who are only separated by three points going into this. The scenario here is very simple. If it comes down to these two, Cisco, and both of them are in the top ten, whichever one finishes in front of the other, no matter what happens, wins the championship. And for it to come down between those two to a scenario like this is, oh, I'm just, I can't, I can't wait. It's going to be such a good race that they're going to be going 100% and they didn't have playoffs <laughs> to get them to this point. So No, they didn't. All it took is double points at Sonoma, which is still <laughs> a little bit gimmicky, but, I mean, let's be honest. It's, he, it, they didn't change the whole championship structure to do it. Though. Correct. So I, I like it, and I like that it puts these – guys in a scenario where you know homestead or homestead sonoma isn't the race that really mattered here to be honest it was Watkins glen that's yeah. going to be the defining moment of this championship whoever wins because new garden was in a position to do very well at Watkins Glen and not secure it, but do well enough to basically void this chance of whoever finishing ahead of the other winning the championship. Yeah. Yep. That's not the case now. Watkins Glen was the linchpin for that, took one race, and all of a sudden we're in this scenario, and I love it. Oh, I love it, too. Joseph Newgarden having issues at the end of that Watkins Glen race was the best thing that could have happened for this fight. Great. If Newgarden survives that race and either wins it or finishes top three, you're probably not talking about a scenario like this. I mean, you're probably talking Newgarden just needing to finish top two or three, and it's game over. Now, <laughs> it is absolutely wide open. I want to go around the table, and let's give our way-too-early picks going into Sunday. For the championship? Or Absolutely. The, win? The, the championship. Okay. But it could be for the win because, okay. I mean, heck, uh, any one of these seven guys who are eligible Hit could, could win on any given weekend. Rents. Uh, the point I want to make real quick is that Elio Castroneves in his past, due to the fact he's been so close so many times, will still play a factor into his mental thinking, I think, this weekend. I don't see him being a factor at all this weekend. I'm picking Scott Dixon. Wow. I really think Scott Dixon's the guy that, you know, people are talking about the Penske cars being as dominant as they are. I think Will Power is going to be a position where he's got to almost do, as you said, a Herculean effort close to what he did with Dario Franchitti in years past. Pagano, I don't think, has that mental, the mental acuities to make a run, Jacob. Uh, I think that he, uh, he's just too far back. New Garden's young, and I think he'll make a mistake. Uh, Sonoma's a track that doesn't reward mistakes. And Scott Dixon is cool, calm, and collected. The man's called the Iceman for a reason. I keep saying it. Don't sleep on Scott Dixon. He's the guy. I don't think Elio even finishes in the top ten, Tom. Jeez. 
wrong, Sir Rensselot. It is because Elio Castroneves has been so close so many times and hasn't gotten there that he is going to go for broke. And remember this, Joseph Newgarden is not exactly the team darling child right now in the Penske organization. I've got a feeling you're going to see a much different Elio Castroneves. I believe Elio wins the race and the championship in this in this now well he wins the race whether he can lead the most laps or not to get that extra point i don't know but i think elio right now if i had to put money on it i'm betting on elio castroneves all right for me it is simple it's the guy who's been there done that more times than anybody else scott dixon wins the championship Probably by winning the race. Let's just be honest here. This is what Scott Dixon does. He becomes the first driver in the Verizon IndyCar Series era to win five championships, Cisco, and takes one step closer to at least being in the conversation with AJ for best ever. Well, I'm at kind of an impasse here because I said the week before Watkins Glen that Joseph Newgarden had that race locked up and he had the championship locked up. So officially I'm going to pick Graham Rahal so I don't jinx anyone. <laughs> now, hypothetically, if I, if I were to pick someone who is actually in contention, hypothetically, I'm not saying I'm picking them. I'm just saying hypothetically, I got to get on board the Scott Dixon train because I got to, I got to look at the stats. He's very good at Sonoma and after the run that he had at Watkins Glen, I, I, I'm getting on board. Scott right. Jackson, you said it, five. I like it. I do like it. By the way, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN this weekend, the GoPro Grand Prix of Sonoma, the Verizon IndyCar Series Championship, which is going to be fun for me because we get to leave Z-Max Dragway and probably make it home just in time for the start yeah. of the IndyCar finale. Tom, I love it. There you go. So, and by the way, in our final minute before we go to break, Formula One is racing this weekend as well. Under the lights in Singapore. Yay. Much excitement. I call Sebastian Vettel. Okay. Well, and and can I just throw in that, that we've seen rumors now from some of our colleagues at Zach Veach signed to a contract through 2020 it, not, not, at Andretti Autosport. I, I don't even want to say rumors at this point because Robin Miller said it. Well, and if Robin Miller said it, I mean, every other thing that Robin Miller has said about this silly season has come to pass. Well, I hope it's true because Zach deserves the opportunity and it would be a great fit for him and to come back home to Andretti Autosport. Absolutely it would be. The official announcement expected to be during a press conference that is set for Friday at Sonoma Raceway in advance of championship weekend officially kicking off. We step aside, we come back, we talk dirt. Steve Ovens joins us. We continue the madness after this here on the Performance Motorsports Network. When do you think of a plumber? Like most people, even if it's an emergency, you can be confident about who will arrive to help you. For quality and reliability, count on someone you can trust. Call on the plumbing services of Hague Quality Water of Maryland. Plumbing doesn't have to be an emergency. We handle all kinds of preventative maintenance, too. Hague Quality Water of Maryland is family-owned here in Annapolis since 1993. For a refreshing choice, call us at 888-84-WATER or visit us online. Here at Lewis Meineke, we're more than just your average car care center. Hey, it's Dave, your neighbor from Lewis Meineke. 
Whether you need an oil change, brakes, tires, or anything under the hood, we've got you covered. Take advantage of our free check engine light service as well. Yes, free. And don't forget about our free shuttle service. Never stress, we'll take care of the rest. On with life. Give us a call at Lewis Meineke, 302-827-2054. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. Do you love the sound of high revving motors and the smell of burning rubber? Do you want to get your car sideways right at the ragged edge of control? If you've always wanted to try drifting or learn to improve your drifting skills, Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier motorsports facility, has the expert instructors and the specialized track to teach you how to drift and the skills necessary to drift competitively. From skid pad to open sessions, Summit Point Motorsports Park has the safe and open environment that allows drifters of all skill levels, new to intermediate, to get sideways and smoking. With a focus on safety and the skill set necessary to drift competitively, Summit Point Motorsports Park's Drift Nirvana is just the thing for you. Call for your reservation today, 304-725-8444. Or for more information, go online, summitpoint-raceway.com or you can email them at office at bsrinc.com. Drift Nirvana, getting you sideways the right way. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief, or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Hide the kids. It's time to get dirty with the Race Chaser Online crew. Here's your host, Jacob Seelman, with Turn 5 Live's curator of Casa de Porkchop, Stephen Evans. Welcome back here to our second hour on Motorsports Madness. You're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. If you're just joining us, we're glad you've chosen to spend some time with us, listening to us talk about racing and get, I don't know, sometimes frustrated, sometimes excited, all the time a little bit crazy. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Rents Brown, Cisco Scaramuza, and Dr. Dirt Steve Ovens as we get set to talk dirt track racing. And, Tom, remember that Shane Stewart guy who a month ago we were just going, huh? Where is he? Yeah. So, Steve-O, <laughs> how about that Gold Cup weekend? How, how about that, huh? Uh, you know, I, I think that what we have done in the past here in uh, essentially calling drivers out has... Uh, come into full force here with Shane Stewart, who has really pulled himself out of irrelevance as far as the championship uh, chase was concerned and, and really for, for even competing for wins was concerned. And, you know, and it's a good thing he did because had Shane Stewart not picked up the victory 
in the Gold Cup. It would have been a full weekend, boys, of the World of Outlaws taking it on the chin. Yeah. How about that Friday night show, Steve-O? And this is a guy I've been high on for a very, very, very long time. I love Roth Motorsports, but I'll tell you something. Kyle Hurst is one of the best unsung heroes in West Coast and really sprint car racing across the country, period, bar none. Great guy, younger guy, hungry, and finally, he's been trying a long time to win one of these World of Outlaws races, and he took it to him, like you said, Friday night. This, for me, was one of the coolest moments of the season. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, when you've got a guy like, like Shane Stewart, you know, saying that, you know, coming home second to that guy is nothing to shake your head at. You know, that gives you an idea of the, the level of respect Kyle Hurst has earned himself. And I use the word earned purposely, Jacob, because he earned every bit of that win on Friday and he's earned every bit of respect that he's gotten since that win on Friday. Um, he ended up finishing third on Saturday during during the main event. But when you can say that you finished third and you and you won the preliminary night with the World of Outlaws, you have really done something. And with Roth Motorsports, that's a great story in it in itself there as well, Jacob. Uh, the question is, can Hurst now kind of become that guy that you know rises to stardom out on the West Coast? And what can he do with that? Where can he take that now? I hope uh, with, he can take with it getting somewhere. such a big win on a big stage. Oh yeah, I hope it goes somewhere. He's won a couple of King of the West series championships and has really done just about everything there is to do on the West Coast. I think the next step is to find something more prominent on the World of Outlaws, and I know he's been working on that, trying to get some things together. At times, uh, it's not come together maybe the way he'd hoped, but. They, they, he's trying. He's still trying, and Roth Motorsports has been doing everything they can to help him get there. And you know, Steve, what was cool about that for me was the fact that that was the first Outlaws win for Roth Motorsports since Joey Saldana. Stop and think about that for a minute. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, how how things have changed since that last win for those guys. I mean, yeah. there, there's been a, a lot of change, and you know, I, I think that, um, you know, the, the time that they ran with Joey was was a, a pretty decent time for that team, even though their full time support kind of came to an end with with the World of Outlaws series. But, um, you know, uh, nonetheless, uh, Kyle Hurst puts that in victory lane. And, and Jacob, I wanted to give a tip of the cap too to Dominic Selsey as well. Um, that is a young racer that you know, the, the ceiling is, to me, Dominic Selzy's ceiling is whatever he wants it to be. Yes, I absolutely. Mean, he, he has the talent, Tom, to, to go to the next level. Um, whether the opportunity comes about, you know, that you, you can't control that part of it. But as far as getting up on the wheel and doing his job in his quote-unquote office... Dominic Selzy's really been doing a great job. Well, keep in mind, he's also, he was the rookie of the year at the Knoxville Nationals this year. I mean, that doesn't come lightly. Absolutely. No, I, I agree 100%. So all that said, 
Then there's Shane Stewart Saturday night. Not only was the Gold Cup one of the few crown jewel races that Shane had not yet won, Steve, but almost equally as important, eighth win of the season and fourth in the last seven races. I mean, this tear that Shane and Larson Marks have finally found themselves on came about three months late to really make a big difference, but, I mean, heck... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And and we talked about this, Jacob. I think it was you that brought this point up last Monday or last Tuesday. Excuse me. We could be looking at Shane Stewart being another driver that's going to get double digit wins this year. Hasn't and happened being, in a decade. Three guys. Right. It, but but you look at the schedule. I mean, we're sitting here at September 11th. He would only need to pick up two more two more wins to get to that double digit mark. I think that there's plenty of races and plenty of races at tracks that Shane runs very, very well at uh, that he could get that done. And, and there's a few of them I'm thinking of, Jacob, one being Eldora, the other being the National Open. And yeah. I realize that Shane Stewart is probably not, you know, he's not going to be the guy that that fans are going to come right off right off the bat and say, Shane Stewart's my pick for the National Open. But that's an event where, you know, he could really take this momentum they've been riding and and turn it into a National Open victory. I mean, uh, <laughs> that is, of course, if Mother Nature cooperates with us well, this year. We're hoping. Can I just get this offer in real quick? Yes. If there are any race car drivers out there that are listening to this show right now and you're struggling and can't seem to find your way to victory lane. Call us. Yeah, I mean, for for a hundred bucks a call out, we'll do a good job of talking about how bad you are, and we can't <laughs> understand why you're not winning. I promise you, we will convince the universe to bring that win to you. Yes, <laughs> I've got I've got one for you, boys. <laughs> Who's Colin that? Sheldon Hodenshield. Yeah, oh, really? yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. There's one for Party you. of one. Yeah. How, <laughs> how, how, how many times this year has Sheldon done everything but oh, win, and three yeah. or four times he's given a win away that he should have won? Absolutely. And and he and guys, he would be, you know, the ninth driver within the top ten in points that you know doesn't have a win yet, and and he could become the ninth driver there in the top ten. Yeah. To get a win, everybody else has a win. I mean, even. You know, when you, you look down through the point race, and, and, and that's another interesting topic, you know, the point race, Jacob, because Brad Sweet, yes, 90 points back, but I, to me, I'm still shaking my head yeah. like I was last week. He's only 90 points back at Donnie Shot. Well, hey, come on, Steve. Let's stop and consider. This was a Gold Cup weekend where two nights in a row. When was the last time we were talking about Donnie Shots having to use a provisional in back-to-back -back nights? Yeah. Yeah, you and I talked about that over the weekend, Jacob, and, and how we couldn't believe that he had to do it on Friday night and then turned around on Saturday and they had to do it again. I mean... I'm not going to go out. I'm not going to come out and say that it's time to push the panic button for the shots team. But uh, you, you definitely have to look at that and say, man, you know, they have they have really been dominant there. Yeah. Uh, in their past history at, at the Gold Cup. And, you know, to see that kind of run, 
I don't know if it says more about the competition level in California, Jacob, or if it says to me that that they're uh, even a half step behind right now. I, I don't know. I don't know which of those is is the bigger of the two, but uh, I, I mean, right now, when you look at things like Kyle Hurst and Dominic Selzy, I almost lean toward the competition in California. Wait, I just got a text from both Joey Logano and Todd Gordon. They've offered us $200 a piece. Joey, I can't believe Joey Logano has not gotten a win since the one that was encumbered. He has had an absolutely terrible summer. Yeah, there he there has. There you go, Joey. Oh, I hope boy. it helps. <laughs> I back, do hope back it to helps. Well, I mean, the difference to there, Tom, is is <laughs> Sheldon Hodenshield doesn't have a win that got cucumbered. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is for sure. And you know, in all truth, I mean, Sheldon should have a win by now, and I really hope that between now and the end of the season, he gets one. He is a super talented young kid, really nice kid too. So absolutely. I hope so. I want to see Sheldon get a win. Just saying. Me too. We're going to step aside. When we come back, we're continuing our dirt track talk with Steve Ovens because, Steve, there's another guy that we called out, not in sprint cars, in late models. We called another guy out, and you know what he went and did? He went and cashed 50000 bucks over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It, it, that's, that's what we do here. Absolutely. We call you out. You win money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Money and a globe. What more yeah, can you ask for? Exactly. So we'll talk. Yeah, that, that other little race that happened over the weekend. When we come back, you're listening to Motorsports Madness here on the Performance Motorsports Living Network. Living up to its name tonight. Yeah. You own a performance car, and you know how to drive, but you want to learn real performance driving. Well, Bunky, get that car off the street and onto the track. Summit Point Motorsports Park, the Mid-Atlantic's premier road racing facility, located just over an hour from D.C. in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, is the place to go. And you'll find that Friday at the track is going to give you what you need. For less than a monthly car payment, you can attend this regularly scheduled one-day instructional event in your streetcar on one of Summit Point's three world-class road racing circuits. You'll receive classroom instruction, skid pad instruction in their cars, including front and rear skid control, and four 20-minute in-your-car instructional sessions from a professional instructor. Have fun, go fast, and really learn how to drive. Call 304-725-8444 for class schedules and details. That's 304-725-8444. Friday at the track at Summit Point Motorsports Park. Every 30 minutes, another innocent person is killed due to a drunk driver. My best friend. My brother. My poor grandchild. My sister. My father. My husband. My mom. <laughs> My mommy. Stop these tragedies before they happen. Don't drink and drive. The Performance Motorsports Network is a compilation of shows about motorsports. From technical to controversial to just fun, everything you like about racing and gearhead stuff is right here on one internet channel. The Performance Motorsports Network. Tell your friends about it. Hi, I'm Reed Sorensen. 
Racing has been a part of me and my family for as long as I can remember. I had to make tough choices early on to get to the top. It took hard work and dedication, but it's those tough choices that helped me prepare for challenges I would face as a cup driver. Make the right choices today and be ready for the challenges tomorrow. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Ben Rhodes, and you're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network, the voice of motorsports. We are back here on PMN. Thank you, Ben Rhodes, who is looking to solidify his NASCAR Camping World Truck Series playoff spot during Friday night's race at Chicago Speedway. And I think he really would walk 500 miles to get in the playoffs. Absolutely he would. It would take him a while, though. He would at least drive a couple hundred miles to get into the playoffs. Yeah. Hopefully wins. I would not walk 500 miles. <laughs> <laughs> you and I would pass out after six. <laughs> or less. Or less. <laughs> Jacob Steelman, Tom Baker, Dr. Dirt, Steve Ovens, <laughs> along with Renza Brown and Cisco Scaramusa here on Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network. And I screwed up, Steve. I really screwed up. I should have had the Superman theme for this segment. You know why? Well, <laughs> here, uh, hang on. Hey, yeah, he did. Go. I'll tell you why. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, gosh darn it. It is Jonathan Davenport leading wire to freaking wire. First driver since 2003 to lead every lap of the biggest dirt late model race in the world. That's how you win the World 100. I have a question for you, Jacob. Sir, how big how big was the rock that Jonathan Davenport hit under all season long? Because Huge. Somebody lifted it up and found him over the last couple of weeks. Well, I'll tell you part of what it was, Steve. The band's back together again. Yes, no, that that's absolutely right. And boy, if they didn't get back together at the right time, right before the World 100, and you know, that is such. That's such a huge performance to lead that race 100 laps wire to wire and and hold off guys like Chris Madden, Overton, who made an early charge. I mean, I just Greg Satterley, who finished second. I mean, this was this was just a, a whipping by Davenport in a big in a big crown jewel event. And that really shouldn't shock us. But oh, when no. you when you when you look at how relatively quiet their season has been. Boy, they have gotten on a great run here. Yes, they have. And stop and consider, this wasn't just big for Jonathan Davenport. I mean, he won it for the second time in three years. But this was freaking huge for G.R. Smith from right here in North Carolina, Steve-O. I mean, that's that's a team. G.R. got out of the car for Jonathan to get in it. And now they go and win the World 100. I mean, this is a team that, uh, I'm just going to be honest, was irrelevant up until now. Now they're completely relevant. Isn't that funny how that can happen in one race? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, just how, that's just how wild that is, that, how big that story is. It, you, can, you can go from the outhouse to the penthouse in one race. One and race back. time. Yeah, <laughs> you can go back the next race too. So let's hope they don't. Yeah. I mentioned the band was back together again before the break, Steve. Yes. How how big do you think his former crew chief and car owner Kevin Rumley 
was to making this a reality. I mean, you remember two years ago, Kevin Rumley was the mastermind behind Jonathan's first World 100 victory, and that was during the season in which he and Rumley went and won, what, close to $600,000 in prize money when they won basically everything? Oh, yeah. No, that's that's... That season, you look at that season, and it seemed like they could do no wrong. I mean, you, you hear the you hear the terminology. You know, they take chicken salad, uh, and you know they make the chicken salad out of chicken poop. I mean, they they were winning everything. If it was a big money show, they were taking the checkered flag. They were taking the big check. They were coming to your playground and taking your lunch money, and. You know, for them, that had to feel pretty good to get back on that kind of roll. And, you know, my question now is, where do they go from here? Because as Tom referenced here just a minute ago, you can very quickly go from the highest of highs to the lowest of lows. I think the question for these guys now is, where do they go from here? You know, I'm not sure where they go from here. And I think what's going to be the biggest determining factor, Tom, is whether Rumley and his dad, Leroy, who were part of the K&L uh, Rumley Enterprises team that Davenport was with in 2015 during that year to end all years, it depends on whether the Rumleys stick with him for a little while here. You have to wonder if this was a one-race deal or whether this could be something more extended to really help that uh, G.R. Smith team get their feet underneath him and give them what Jonathan needs to truly be comfortable in the race car. If this is any sort of an extended deal, oh boy, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm scared if I'm the rest of the field. Yeah, really. I mean, here again, we've seen this time and time again. We saw it in the truck series when... Johnny Sauter's crew chief came back. You know, you have these combinations that work well. And as you said, they put the band back together and look what happened. If the band stays together, it would stand to reason that they're going to be competitive and probably win some more races. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't, then I guess we'll see where it goes from here. But either way, that was a pretty doggone impressive performance right there. It was a great performance. And, Steve, the 47th running, it started out at a $3,000 payday for the first World 100. It's now up to fifty grand. I mean, this is one of the highest-paying dirt late model races in the world at the most historic dirt track save for Knoxville in the world. I mean, for this to be at Eldora, a place where Jonathan's either been feast or famine in his career— I mean, this was just quite literally the perfect night. And at one point, back, back in the day, Jonathan Davenport versus G.R. Smith, they wrecked each other at one point in their driving careers. Right. And, and you talk about famous racetracks, Jacob. I find it interesting that we, we go from one famous dirt track to another as these guys, you know, look ahead toward the Knoxville Dirt Late Model Nationals. Yes, that's and, this weekend. And, and you talk about that being a one-race deal with Davenport and wondering if it's a one-race deal. You know, there's another big event coming up here at Knoxville. Maybe we see them team up again. And uh, if they do, boy, you know, they would certainly, you'd have to certainly look at them as a favorite just purely based on no the momentum they would carry from Eldora. Absolutely. And, you know, we'll look more ahead to the Dirt Late Model Nationals as the week goes on on RaceChaserOnline.com. But, Steve, another event coming up in your neck of the woods, 
Oh boy, they're putting the clay down. It's becoming the clay palace. Can we talk Super Dirt Week yet? Well, it's 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 never too early to talk Super Dirt Week. Never they start ever playing in it after the checkered flag falls. Yeah. In October each year, so you know what's interesting uh, happening tomorrow, Jacob. They're they're kind of kicking off the the big media push with Super Dirt Week. As yes. Tom, they go to yes. us, we go tomorrow yep. for a big media day event. Um, they have already started putting the dirt down. They started putting the dirt down the very next day after the classic was over. Uh, on Labor Day weekend. Oh yeah, they wasted and no time. Yeah, yep. Um, they they move actually not just move the event. The race of champions has gone to a different location right. this year, so that gave them two extra weeks to start putting this dirt down. And Tom, the early observations that I'm getting from my sources up here in the Northeast is we're already off to a better start on getting the dirt down. The base layer that goes right on top of the pavement track, I'm being told, is hard as a rock. You can't even get a screwdriver down into it. That's good. And that's where we struggled last yes, year. Yes, exactly. There way, there, it did not have time to get that solid base on the pavement. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's going to be the best race we've ever seen because we don't know until we see it. But from those early reports, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic right now, and I'm hoping it's a it's a, a, a much improved from from last year. I They've don't think it can be any worse. Well, well, I no. see. I don't want to say that. I and, and I was one of the biggest skeptics, obviously. Not no, I disagree. I, I I've seen enough of them at the fairgrounds to say it could always be worse. There were <laughs> craters about the size of. Uh, the moon on that track at times at the at the fairgrounds nobody wants to remember that but look you would hope that they learned from last year last year yeah. was the first this year you you take what you learned from last year you do it better and the biggest thing for me is the weather plays such an important factor in this and we did have one day of rain last year but what happens if we get three so you know, that's the only thing that concerns me, but I'm happy to hear that at least the base surface seems to be better because that was what caused a lot of the problems last year. Yes, absolutely. And, and there's also Jacob and Tom, I, I'll, I'll add in there, there's a whole different crew that's preparing the surface this year Good. as well. And, and I won't mention names, but I will tell you this. The last two weekends, you know, there's been a buzz about the Super Dirt Car Series pit area, about the crew that has come in to do the surface this year. So for that reason, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how this shakes out. I think we all are. And uh, Are we expecting anything to come out of Media Day tomorrow, Steve? Anything specific? Well, it's just a it's just a matter of it's just a matter of starting to get the you know the media buzz going. You know, starting tomorrow there's going to be a massive push because now you're, you know, you're less than a month away from yeah. the event and you're going to start seeing a lot of, you know, uh, whether it's local media or super dirt car series drivers participating in different events that gets this uh, event exposed out to the, to the general public. And, you know, that's one thing, Tom, in my opinion, and in, in being at super dirt week over the, the last 10, 15 years, that's, the 
biggest improvement I've seen in the last two or three years yeah. is how this event has been marketed to the general public. Yep, and especially, I think, being at Oswego, a whole different situation there. And uh, looking forward to seeing what happens this year. And I know you're going to be covering uh, that for us, as always. Oh, by the way. Yes. Steve, just the last little nugget here because we did have a recent announcement from out of Super Dirt Week. We have two brand new sponsors for the two big races. Yes, uh, that's right. That both the 150 and the 200. The 200 for me is what's cool because Billy Whitaker. Billy yeah, the kid. Yeah, Billy the kid who won the all-star race at Eldora earlier this season. Yeah, his car company, his car lot is sponsoring the 200. Yeah, you know, it's it's pretty good to be Billy Whitaker these days. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. He, he's he's sponsored the event at Super Dirt Week, which I love. He's also, guys, let's let's not overshadow that by the fact that he's been kicking a lot of tail up here in the Northeast. Sure has. He got a mm -hmm. win here at Fulton. And when you look at the stacked field that Fulton's had on Saturday nights over you know, this season. That's a pretty impressive feat. I'm really happy for Billy Whitaker to get a win up at Fulton. And, um, you know, certainly we love seeing new sponsors come into the fold. I'm, I'm happy to see Napa back as the Super Dirt Week sponsor. Mm -hmm. You know, things things are going well. And, 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 Tom, you know, we talked about this last year, and I'm sure we'll talk about this in the coming weeks. But, you know, I think we can say that the dust has finally settled on Central New York Raceway Park. And, you know, we may be looking at Oswego for the foreseeable future. And and two years ago, Tom, who would have thought we would have been saying that? Yeah, exactly. And, oh, by the way, uh, Billy Whitaker been winning races for a long time in yes. Central New York. I can remember yes. when he was 16 or 17 winning races up there. So um, he'd been racing a long time, and it's good to see him stepping up as the sponsor for that race. I agree. Final thought here, Steve, I'll give you about 15 seconds worth on it. Canada, A. Matt Shepard won his eighth Super Dirt Car race of the season in just 17 starts compared to 19 races for everybody else. He's only 76 points back. Is the title run still alive? Oh, it's very much alive. And not only do we get a win from Shepard, we sprinkled in a win by Larry White just for extra flavor. Oh, and oh, by the way... Two tracks in central New York going small block modified racing next year and one track with a brand new name we can hit on all of that next week in this segment. Yes, we do need to hit on all of that next week, Steve, because the landscape for modified racing in New York is changing rapidly. But always a pleasure to have you on and we will keep everybody with bated breath for next Monday night's dirt segment here on The Madness. Absolutely, guys. We'll even work on uh, getting one of those guys on here to talk about it live. How about that? Oh, oh yes. That would be nice. Absolutely. We'll <laughs> All right. We're stepping aside. More Motorsports Madness on the other side of this. You're listening to the Performance Motorsports Network. We'll be right back. Parents, your son or daughter has had their license for a while now, but you want to make sure they're prepared for any situation they may face on the road. High school driver's ed doesn't teach them to drive defensively. They need to be prepared for any highway emergency. 
For less than a month's insurance, and a whole lot less, BSR instructors at Summit Point Motorsports Park in nearby Summit Point, West Virginia, will teach your son or daughter how to respond instantly and positively to unexpected situations on the road. BSR's specialized accident avoidance training teaches swerve to avoid maneuvers at highway speeds, ocular driving, which focuses driving attention on ways to avoid accidents, vehicle dynamics and feedback, skid control, and skid recovery, threshold braking on straights and progressive braking on curves, and off-road recovery techniques. This is stuff driver's ed simply doesn't teach. So call BSR today, 304-725-8444. Give your kid the skill set needed to drive safely and responsibly on the highway. That's 304-725-8444. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes on Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. HMS Motorsport is the leader in motorsport safety. HMS serves the majority of Monster Energy NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Camping World truck teams, many IndyCar and IMSA WeatherTech teams, as well as countless SCCA and club-level racers and driving enthusiasts throughout North America, featuring world-renowned brands like Stilo Helmets, Schrope Belts, Adidas Suits and Shoes, HJC Helmets, Orca Driver Gear, Lifeline Fire Systems, and even Racecom Radio Kits. HMS representatives are experts in their field and focused on only one thing, making your track driving as safe as possible. With locations in Mooresville, North Carolina and Danvers, Massachusetts, the staff at HMS is always ready to take the time and help you find the right product for your safety needs. Don't settle for second when it comes to motorsport safety. Stop into HMS Motorsport. Visit them on their website at hmsmotorsport.com or send them a message on Facebook and tell them the folks from PMN Radio set ya. Hi, this is John Andrasik of Five for Fighting, here for RAD the entertainment industry's voice for road safety. You know, style is a personal thing, and your lifestyle is your business. But if you take it on the road, it becomes everybody's business. So please, plan ahead, designate before you celebrate. Friends, don't let friends drive drunk. A public service announcement brought to you by RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm John Holloman, and you're listening to Race Talk on the Performance Motorsports Network. Now back to the show. That is such John Holloman music, isn't <laughs> yeah, it's it? Kind of, <laughs> or kind Bowman Gray music. Well, yeah, it's, I was thinking maybe more like a Christian song for John Holloman, but um, it he does with the Bowman, Bowman Gray, Gray. Let's go with that. <laughs> Jacob Zielman, Tom Baker, Renz Brown, Cisco Scaramuza with you. Talking racing on the Performance Motorsports Network. It is Motorsports Madness. We are all a little bit mad. They haven't pulled out the straight jackets for us quite yet. <laughs> but there's no telling that they might not come hunting for us before yeah. this show's over. So Don't encourage them. Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk a little bit of Formula One that we didn't get to get to during the open wheel segment because, Cisco. Sebastian Vettel has won four of the last six Singapore Grand Prix events and is arguably, at least in my opinion, the favorite to do it this weekend. Will he or will he not, and why? Uh, all right. 
talking. So when we were watching, when I was watching the broadcast, they were talking about the how these tracks kind of favor one manufacturer or the other. And Monza traditionally, as of late, hasn't necessarily been a uh, a Ferrari esque track. Now, Malaysia? get out, get 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 out of your time warp, Cisco. Monza was last week. We're going to Singapore. Yeah, I know, and I'm saying, well, t- let me finish my point, Jacob. Okay. I'm saying Monza wasn't a Ferrari track. Malaysia is more suited to them. It's not Malaysia so, either, but <laughs> nice try on your geography lesson. Singapore, just, buddy. When we get outside the U.S., it. I'm done, so I'm not even getting in the middle of this. Singapore, Singapore. All right, I'll put a dollar in the playoffs thing, even though I don't. I know where London it, it is. <laughs> It's been it's been Ireland. a long day. Either way, Singapore suits Ferrari a little bit more. Rents bail me out of this. I think Vettel's going to be a little bit better than he was at Monza. I don't know if it'll be enough to overcome Lewis. Go. I'll be able to bail you out better than <laughs> Flavio Briatore with Renault back in 2008. Don't worry, I got you. Um, Singapore is going to be interesting. It depends on the weather that we're going to get. I haven't actually looked up and seen what the weather is going to be. It's really a hit or miss. If it rains, it's going to be interesting. Under the lights, obviously, it was Formula One's first night race. And um, obviously, there's been a lot of controversy in that race before and a lot of different things that have happened. But for me personally, I really think that the team that we're not looking at really is Red Bull. Red Bull, whenever they've gone to Singapore, have been absolutely stellar the last couple of years. And yeah, but remember, know... Sebastian Vettel was in large well, part to that. Well, I mean, R- Ricardo's got, what, two wins there? At least a win I know of. So... If we're looking at it there, I think they have a shot. I know Ricardo said that they put on, they're fitting on a new part this upcoming week for a new upgrade. So let's see how they do. As in terms of the championship, I'd say Vettel's probably the favorite going into Singapore. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton can kind of turn it up when he wants to, but it really just depends because it's a street circuit, and we haven't had a street race since Monaco, I believe. Because um, I believe Azerbaijan was after Monaco or before Monaco. So going into it, it's going to be interesting to see how this goes. So I'd say it's Ferrari territory, but again, Red Bulls, a team, even though they're not championship uh, contending, I think they're the team, Jacob, that we really have to look for in this storyline of the Singapore Grand Prix. All right, kids, we're going to go away from foreign turf so that those two don't get lost any worse than they already were in the last three minutes. Tom, you and I get to do something fun this weekend. Yeah, and I know where that is. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's right in our backyard. I can't even drive there without a GPS. Absolutely. So for those uninitiated to where we are, Mooresville is close to Concord, which is where the Bellagio of Drag Strips is. It is the opener to the NHRA playoffs this weekend. So NHRA and NASCAR open their playoffs on the same weekend, except NHRA does it right here in our backyard at ZMAX Dragway. And (sighs) I love this time of year. And this race in particular. Yeah, me too. You know what? Z-Max is such a cool place to begin with. But when you add a playoff atmosphere into it, I mean, let's let's think about this for a second. In the spring, we may get four wide. So that's its own unique event, at least until the new Vegas setup gets done. Yep. Now in the fall, we open the playoffs here. So it's going to be... A very, very big event this weekend. And right now, the weather's actually looking really good, so hope it holds. Yeah. 
I mean, it, it should be a great weekend of racing for these guys and gals of the NHRA. And, you know, Z-Max continues to be a mystery for some. And it seems like there are others who just seem to like it here. Yeah. And we, we've not been talking too much about Olan Trom Brown lately. I have a funny no, feeling we we're going to be by the time this weekend's done. Yeah, he I likes it here. He does. He won the playoff opener last year at Z-Max, and it catapulted Indeed. him to a championship. However, Cisco, not so sure it's going to be quite that easy this year because the man that has dominated every headline in that class all year, Steve Torrance, is coming off a U.S. Nationals win. He's got seven. He wants more. I absolutely believe he is the favorite this weekend. Oh, absolutely. You come off the momentum of a U.S. Nationals win going into another. That's that's momentum that could win you a championship, and he's already had momentum this whole year, Jacob. That team has been on fire towards motorsports, Capco Racing. They've been tearing it up, and... I honestly, I am not sure what anybody's going to be able to do. Antron's, he's in, he's in it as well as Leah as well. I mean, now everybody's, you know, with the exception of Torrance being 10 points every, ahead of everybody, or 20 rather, they're all 10 points behind each other. So really anyone could jump in and mix it up. But it's Steve Torrance. He's just been on fire, man. He really has been, and I think that's been what's so amazing to me about this year, Tom, is, you know, the last three out of three out of the last four years we've been talking about it being the year of Antron Brown just dominating everybody. And now all of a sudden one of his best friends in Steve Torrance is like, hey, now, I I'm stealing some of the covers here. Isn't it great? I love it. Well, I do too, because again, it gives us something to pay attention to. Not to say that I don't enjoy when Antron Brown wins a lot. I think he's a classy guy and really takes time for the fans and, and obviously um, for the media as well. But, you know, I, I love when you've got contenders here. And this is a type of racing. If look, here's the deal. It's three seconds. Mm -hmm. There's no time. If you mess up, that's it. You yeah. got no, it's not 500 miles. It's not 20 laps. It's three seconds. Yeah. And that's why I love this stuff because when you watch it in person, you really get the idea that every second, every moment counts in this. And I love seeing somebody like a Torrance jump up and challenge for a championship because it's somebody you would never have expected to be in there at the start of the year. Absolutely. Now, real quickly, Funny Car has been the Don Schumacher racing show all season, Tom. Ron Caps went in with a gargantuan regular season points lead. He won the regular season. He goes in, but that gets reduced to one round, 20 points over second place in the countdown. However, I still feel like Ron Caps is the man right now. I think after years of not winning championships, he goes two in a row. You agree or disagree? Well, the percentages would tell me to agree. But again, I'm telling you, it's three seconds. I'm not going to commit to that. And there are other drivers that really like this particular uh, track or course, whatever you call it. Yes. And, and I'm not so sure Caps comes out of here with a win. I didn't Just say not. a win. I said the championship. Oh, well, overall, the championship maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 but I do think he likes Z-Max Dragway. Right? Sure. Does, for sure. I'm just and he won there to. in April. 
I'm just not ready to give it to him because I've seen too much right. at ZMAX to indicate that there are going to be two or three of his fellow competitors that could just as easily knock him out early. And, and, and also, I've seen drivers make mistakes here more than I see at other places, too, for whatever reason. And here you get into, you know, the whole temperature thing, and it's just a different deal in the fall than it is in the spring with a four-wide. So I'm not ready yet to to just anoint Caps either the win or the championship, but certainly he'd have to go in as the favorite. Pro stock, really quickly, we're losing John Gadosh. He's withdrawn from the weekend, which is one less gray motorsports-powered right. car. But you still have Tanner, who's been one of the favorites, I would argue. Can the rookie win the championship? Yeah, he can if he doesn't let the stage overwhelm him. Yeah. That's the only thing that you worry about. Someone so young... Such a big stage, and again, you just can't make a mental mistake, and I don't know. I I believe Tanner has everything it takes to win, but again, it ratchets up when you start getting into playoffs, so I don't know if he can do it or not. And Pro Stock Motorcycles, if I give you a choice between the Harleys or the field, knowing that Jerry Savoie <laughs> won the title last year. Are you taking the Harleys or the field? I'm taking the Harleys, man. You can have the rest of the field. I still believe that Jerry Savoie and Ellie Tonglet, one of them is going to end up winning the title. Yeah. Really do. Yeah. So, all right, we're going to step aside. Performance picks. When we come back, you're listening to Motorsports Madness, the white flag after this on PMN, the Performance Motorsports Network. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Automotive technicians and auto service trainees, how would you like to work at the beach and perform for one of the best car care centers in the nation? Lewis Meineke is now looking for skilled automotive technicians to join their award-winning team. If you're a gearhead that knows his or her stuff or a young up-and-comer that has the motivation and drive to succeed, then you need to make this call today, 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center, located in beautiful Lewis, Delaware, offers a highly competitive compensation plan, great benefits, a flexible schedule, and did we mention that you're going to be working at the beach? Plus, there's a signing bonus for the right candidates. Technicians must be ASE certified and have a minimum of six years' experience. Beginners advance at your own pace in one of several entry-level positions. But whatever you do, don't wait. These jobs will go fast. Call Tim at 302-827-2054. That's 302-827-2054. Lewis Meineke Car Care Center. Rev up your career. You hear that? That's the sound of America's only sports car. That's right. It's a Corvette. But not just any Corvette. It's your Corvette. It's that who cares if there's traffic part of your day. And this can be you when you come to Cooper Corvettes. With 60 years of Corvettes to choose from, there's always a Corvette in your budget. And they'll service any Corvette you bring in. Cooper Corvettes. On Route 1 just north of Quantico and Triangle. Call, click, or visit coopercorvettes.com. How to deal with someone who says that's so gay. 
outsmart them. This party is like so gay. Totally. Excuse me, but did you ladies know the word gay used to mean happy or excited? Then it became a word used to describe gay people. Then somehow it came to mean dumb or stupid, which is how you just used it, which is not very nice. Ew, that guy is on the football team and super smart and he totally hates us now. Totally. When you say that's so gay, do you realize what you say? Knock it off. Learn more at thinkbeforeyouspeak.com. I'm modified driver Matt Hirschman. You're listening to Motorsports Madness on the Performance Motorsports Network. We are back here on PMN, and I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time talking because, hey, it's our white flag segment, and we got a lot to get done. Jacob Seelman, Tom Baker, Rents Brown, Cisco Scaramuza. Talking racing, and right now it's Performance Picks Kids, and we're just going to get right into it. Cisco, we have everything to pick. That is all three NASCAR series. That is IndyCar. That is F1. Lead it off, sir. Go, go, go. Lead it off. All right, Chicago. I'm going to go opposite Rents because I was talking to him earlier. Denny Hamlin wins at Chicago. I don't know why. I just got a feeling that 11's got something for us. He's been storing it up. He was up there towards the end. As far as Xfinity goes, um... Eric Jones. Because he's Eric Jones. That 20 car. Yep. Uh, Camping World Trucks. Um, Matt Crafton, because why not? And uh, IndyCar, well, I already talked about it earlier, Scott Dixon. Okay. Was that five? I guess it was five, wasn't it? Oh, F1. I was going to say, say, I knew we were missing something. Yeah, of course, I'm missing F1, because apparently my F1 brain is off today. (laughs) Well, okay. now that you know where they're actually racing, you can pick a winner. Yeah, I know. It's helpful. Yeah, no, Vettel. Vettel? Okay. Rents? All right. Let's see here. I'm going to go open wheel first. For Singapore, I'm choosing Daniel Ricciardo to go to victory lane and get on top that top step at the podium. I think it can be done. IndyCar, I mean, it, it's a Scott Dixon kind of day. Just give me my red Dixie cup. It's going to be good. Mm-hmm. For Chicago... Let's see what I got for the entry list. I believe what I see. And I'm going to be taking Ben Rhodes to Victory Lane in the Truck Series. How nice would that be? He's been quick this year. And by the way, he almost won Kansas this year. The sister track to uh, to Chicago. For the Xfinity Series, um, let me see what I have real quick for the Xfinity Series. I didn't even really look at this this week. Uh, William Byron. He's going to win that that race. I think William's going to start really turning up the wick. Now we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the season. And for the Cup Series, well, this is where he picks up for number eight, Jimmy Johnson, to win the opening race of the playoffs. <laughs> Gimme Chad can ask Jimmy Johnson in that Lowe's 48 team. 10-4. Not where I'm going with that. All right, my turn. I'm going to go backwards here. F1, Vettel, because Vettel. IndyCar. You know what? Scott Dixon wins the championship, but he doesn't win the race. There's one scenario where this guy can win the race and not win the championship, and I think it's going to happen. I think Scott Dixon leads the most laps, but Elio Castroneves wins the race. That's where I'm going with that. Now, trucks, it's a mile and a half, people. Seabell, because this is what he does. He wins on intermediate tracks. Xfinity, I'm with 
I think it was Cisco that said Eric Jones in the 20. Eric Jones in the 20. He also won this race a year ago, so why not? And for the Cup Series, good job, Brents. You were way braver than I'm going to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on now. He's angry. Derek Cope's not in the field. He won this race last year. Duh. 78 all the way. Martin Truex. That means you, Tom. You're up. Okie dokie. Um, F1 Lewis because, well, Lewis. IndyCar, I'm going with Elio for the win because I believe that he will. Trucks. It's the playoffs, baby. Here comes Johnny Sauter for the win at Chicagoland, although I love the Ben Rhodes pick, and I, I would much rather have that than uh, Johnny because I like to see Ben get a feature win. In the Xfinity series, you're all wrong because you're forgetting there's some cup drivers in. This is not 2018 yet. So give me Kyle Larson for the win in the Xfinity series. And oh, by the way, in the cup race, I believe what I see. Okay. Does that mean you're going to pick Kyle Larson to win twice? Absolutely not. Martin Truex <laughs> for the win at Chicagoland in the Cup Series. Well, at least you and I agree on something. That's rare, but it does happen. <laughs> I think that's all five. That, yeah. Actually, one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, yeah. that's five. For, the, <laughs> for those listening, he was counting on his fingers. That was five. I, okay. I have five fingers to do that with, yes. actually. Are we going to do a lightning round, or what are we doing here? Of course we are. Okay. I start. What driver is the surprise elimination in round one for the Cup Series? Rent. Denny Hamlin. Wow. Right Hello. The 11. Wow. Wow. He may have those, well, the one win plus the cucumbers and carrots and the beef stew, oh. but I but I don't see I like him making stew. it past the first round. I think that that 11 team, if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be that 11. Cisco. I don't think there are any. I think it's going really? to be the same. I think it's going to be the bottom four people that get eliminated. Wait, I think d if define the bottom count four. It a surprise, Chase. Elliot. I don't well, see. I, wow. I mean, he hasn't been that competitive towards the yeah. end, so I can see it. Tom. Well, ironically enough, Cisco stole mine. Really? I, if you're going to ask me a surprise, it's Chase Elliott. And, and before y'all get too cozy with Chase, Jamie McMurray in 16th has 2,003 points. Ricky Stenhouse in eighth has 2010. So there's only a seven point spread between eighth and 16th. And Chase Elliott better get his act together or he's going to be eliminated in round one of this playoff series. Wow. All right. I'm going to tell you who my surprise elimination is from round one. Kevin Harvick. I could see it. See, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Really? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm in that boat. That's not surprising. They've struggled no, all they, year. Yeah, they just having a great season over there. All right, Rents. Next question. All right, Jacob. I'm gonna take that. I'm gonna spin it. What's the surprise to make it out of the round of 16? 
Jamie Who Mc is it? Jamie McMurray. Tom? Uh, I, I'm, I believe Ricky Stenhouse. Really? Yeah. You, thought, you think Stenhouse is a... If Stenhouse gets it, he goes to Talladega and keep in mind oh, he's won two of the last three. I don't think I don't think people still believe Ricky Stenhouse. I do. So okay. I, I would think that would be considered a surprise. Fair enough, Cisco. Can I is it a surprise if I say Austin Dillon? Yes. Sure. Yeah. I think by most yeah, people's standards, yes. Three car. I'm okay. going to say Ryan Blaney in the 21 car. Oh, that's I, not a that's surprise. Not a surprise. No. no. I expect him his, to go to the eight. Performance, he's the de facto he's the de facto second Penske car. Now, if but that boy his, doesn't make it to round two. His performance fell off towards the end of the season when they got that Pocono win. If you noticed, the luck kind of changed in that well, 21. They weren't the same team after that win. They got that win and kind of backed off. They're not a team that no, that everyone's not looking at. They're looking at the two, the 48, the 18. No one's looking at that 21. I think they're going to shock some people in these playoffs, and that's why, Jacob, they're the surprise. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with the, the, the word surprise is it's subjective. Your surprise is my expectation. I mean, I expect that, that Ricky Stenhouse will make it out of round one. I think Ricky's got a shot to go at least to the eight, if not the final four. I don't believe that Chase Elliott has as good a chance to go all the way as Ricky Stenhouse does, but some of you would disagree with me. So it's subjective. But it's fun to ponder that. All right. Way too early championship predictions. Who wins the title? Rents. Ooh, man. Uh, Do we have to stick with these? No. Okay. I'm not going to stick with them. I mean, it. I guess not if but we don't make it to the Until someone four. proves me otherwise. Give me the 48 of Jimmy Johnson because, as he did last year, he was quiet coming into the playoffs, made a run for the title. No, every, We were all surprised, as we shouldn't have been, especially at Charlotte when we were all there, and he went on a run and made it work. I'd say Jimmy wins number eight and becomes the first driver in NASCAR history to eight championships. Tom. At least Cup Series. Yeah, Tom. Well, Martin Truex, of course. Nobody's beating that guy this year. Not going to happen. <laughs> Not going to well, happen. I'm going to argue with you in a minute, but Cisco, go first. You know what? The 78, we. I keep coming back to that point we made earlier on about the 78 and the 18. You know what? I'm going out of the box. Kyle Larson, Young Money. Thank you, Cisco, for backing my point up because I was about to make this point. There is no team more dangerous at Homestead, Miami than the guy who has nearly won it two years in a row only to have something go, go wrong right at the very end. Third time will be the charm. Kyle Larson will make it to the Final Four. He will win the race outright, and he will win the championship. Rents. The biggest thing, too, is if you look at this, and Cisco kind of brought up the point, I think tempers will flare between the 18 and the 78, just like they did <laughs> a little bit at Indianapolis. Oh think about it. Joe Gibbs Racing is giving them the equipment. The 78's kicking Joe Gibbs Racing's butt in every category, and if you're Joe Gibbs Racing from the in-house standpoint, you're jealous. You're upset. You have no idea how this is happening, and if they're kicking your butt that bad, I think they're going to butt heads. If we're looking at a guy that make the Final Four that no one's talked about, and we talked about him in the third segment, Brad Keselowski. 
that guy beat Jimmy Johnson straight up for the title in 2012 and probably could have won about two more if things had gone his way. So if you're looking at a guy from the Ford camp that's actually running well, I'd say Brad. Well, that's an interesting pick, and I don't disagree. Again, championship pedigree, he may be the sleeper for the whole thing, but I'm going to tell you who you ought not to be counting out of this deal is old Kurt Busch because suddenly Kurt's found the heat. There's some tracks coming up he's really, really good at. If Kurt gets on a roll, he could just put himself in the Final Four, and if he does... He did it the first time. Yes, he, he did. He can do it again, and that was after a wheel fell off. <laughs> yeah, that is true. And with that, we're going to get ready to skedaddle on out of here. Thanks to Mike Garrity, Megan Kolb, our social media partners at 3 Wildlife, as well as Bob Steele, Susan Mason, Hunter Yancey behind the glass, and all the folks at PMN that help make this show possible and keep us on the air and slightly less crazy every week. So for Tom Baker, Cisco Scaramuza, Rents Brown, Steve Ovens, and all the rest of our cast and crew, I'm Jacob Seaman reminding you to keep it tuned to www.racechaseronline.com every day for your motorsports your way keep it off the wall and we might just see you somewhere at a racetrack folks till we meet again you've been listening to motorsports madness with the race chaser online crew stay tuned to performance motorsports network for more race talk for the latest motorsports news visit racechaseronline.com Motorsports Madness is a copyrighted production of the Performance Motorsports Network, www.performancemotorsportsnetwork.com. A member of the Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated and may not be rebroadcast, replicated, or saved in any media without the explicit written permission of PMN. Check out our Facebook page or our section in the PMN website. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host, co-hosts, and guests and do not necessarily reflect those of the management and ownership of either the Performance Motorsports Network or Scorpion Radio Group Incorporated, the advertisers, or the marketing partners. Be listening again next week when the madness returns on Monday night at 7 Eastern. Until then, keep it off the wall and keep the shiny side up.